Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to 2 Peter uh, chapter 5 tonight. We're going to dive right in. We added an extra song into worship. I just felt like that was, that was needed. How many enjoys the presence of God? Amen? How many know it's not about talent or a show? It's, it is about the anointing of God, and it is His anointing that breaks the yokes and every chain. Amen? Here we go. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning with verse 10, says this. And the God of all grace. Everybody say, all grace. All grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, he called you. Now turn to the other person that was your second choice and tell them, say, he called you. Called you too. To his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Without Without going through junk, without going through uh, craziness in life, without going through um, just jacked up moments, there would be no need for restoration. Okay, so that's how you can appreciate the process. Really, that's how you can appreciate um, those trying times and those things that we go through because you know the restoration is coming because the Bible clearly says after you have suffered a while. Somebody say, well, I wish you could leave that part out. Well, it goes all the way back to Genesis, and we won't go there. You know the story of Adam and Eve. I, I was thinking about this today. Um, Adam and Eve will probably be the, the most uh, unlikely um, to have a group around them. Like, they will be the most unpopular in heaven when we all get there. How many know what I'm saying? Like, because it's because of them that we're doing all the suffering, okay? Now, all the guys in the house are saying, no, it was her fault. It was her fault because she she partook and, and served it up to me. No, no, let, Gentlemen, let me just stop you right there. She had fruit and she had no clothes on. What would you do? Okay. So, so you can't point the finger at her, okay? Okay, I'm moving right along. See, I had, to, I had to capture the young people's attention. Oh, this is what they talk about in there. Absolutely. After you have suffered a little while. Somebody say, I'm suffering. I, can we really get to the meat of this message? I'm suffering right now. All right, let's go on to Hebrews chapter 5. So just flip over one time. Hebrews chapter 5, beginning verse 5, says this. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. We're talking about when Jesus came. He was, I mean, he was it. He, he's the man, right? And when he came, he didn't come in, in, royal, uh, in royal prestige. He came, uh, you know the story, he was born in a manger. And, in, and when he came as, an, as, a, as a man, he came in on a donkey. All right, so Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears. Freeze. If you've ever prayed a prayer, if you've ever cried out to God in tears or in a moment of desperation, you're in good company, so did Jesus. And the church said amen. It says he cried out he had, with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him 
from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Young people, listen to that word. I know you hear that uh, from your principal who is also your pastor. His reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. So a little over a month ago, many of us began praying a prayer. I knew that stool wasn't going to last long because it holds me back. We began praying a prayer that says, God, stretch me for more. But with a prayer like that, we must understand that it's game on. When you start praying prayers like, God, stretch me, it's game on. It's, it's like it's do or die. It's the pressure's coming. And as a matter of fact, I was thinking about, how many remember arcade games back in the 80s? Y'all remember, y'all remember Pac-Man, these little dudes like raise their hand because they want to be a part. I'm talking about the 80s. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, y'all don't even know nothing about arcade games. There was, there wasn't even Nintendo's, Sega. It was Atari with a joystick. That was it. it Frogger, right? I, I, had, I went to this, I went to this, and I, I wanted to be able to pull it up on the sound system. But y'all remember, y'all, y'all remember this right here? <laughs> yeah, there it is. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? There was something about when you put the quarter, when you put the quarter in, and, and, and you heard that, da, 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 like you were you were set on ready. Because if you stayed right there and you didn't start hearing that, tuka, 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 you start hearing that, and that was like bad, right? So it, I thought about the same. It's like how does that tie in? I thought the exact same thing. When you start praying a prayer like God stretch me for more, you got to be on ready. It, it, like you're hearing the theme song to Rocky or or, or Pac Man and be ready because the fight's coming. The little ghost men are coming. Come on now. So, so, so when you start praying prayers, you got to know that it's game on. Let me just stop right there and say, say this to, to you guys. Even before we began this series a couple weeks ago, some of you guys were already in the middle of a fight. Some of it was life or death stuff. And the way that we as leadership have watched you guys handle yourselves in the midst of the storm. Can I just say your heavenly father and this, this ministry is very proud of you. I'm, I'm serious. What, what we're what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. What we have seen in watching how you guys are handling life get crazy and life get out of control, out of your control. That's because it's not up to you to stay in control anyway, young people. Everything you're going through, it's up to God. You let, if you give it to God, he's got it. He's got it. Okay. So, so, so we're proud. I'm proud. And then watching how this, 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 this series is really tying in. To our everyday lives because one, one thing is if it's this message that you can't you can't it's not tangible and you can't grab a hold of it then it was just a sound you know like please let's go home and go night night no I want something that I can say I needed that I can apply that to my life when the storm comes it's okay because God's got it amen but we must remember that we but we must remember and what we're confident in is this there's a reason that you're being pressed the title of this series is Press for Purpose. There's a purpose behind the pressing. What you're going through, there is a purpose. The pain, the tears, the, the agony, the not understanding, it's okay. I've been saying that a lot to different people this week. What you're feeling is natural and normal. But there is a purpose behind the pain. There's a purpose behind the tears. It's only to produce glory in your life. 
You might want to write that down. All of the pressure is to produce glory in your life. What is that? That is the illumination of Jesus Christ regardless on your life regardless of your circumstances. That's the glory. That's what he wants to do. He wants the world to see. He wants Chiefland to see. He wants the people around you to see Jesus through you in spite of your circumstances. If they can't see Jesus and all they see is how you're handling the, your, your, your circumstances like they would, well, they're going to stay doing what they're doing in the clubs and in the, in the pastures. And, and I'm not talking about cow tipping. And I ain't talking about I'm all kinds of stuff. Okay? So, so in, order for this, in order for us to be effective at reaching our generation, young people, in order for, for you to actually make an impact on your high school campus, they got to see a difference in you. If they're not seeing a difference, they're going to hell. And you need to hope you make it. Somebody said, what has hard on young people? Hey, I might be 42, getting ready to be 43 this month, end of the month. But it ain't been too long ago. I know what happens. I remember those things. Some of you adults still did it even after you were young people. So the last time we were together, we looked at the character of God. So I want to break these down real quick, then we're moving right on through. Can I have a little bit tonight? Can I have a little bit of time? So we try to answer this question that we oftentimes ask in the middle of our turmoil or our mess. Y'all know what I'm talking about. God, what's going on? Are you up there? Did you take a break? What are you thinking? Maybe we should just become a better listener of the word and listen of, of, of who he is and be a better student of who he is. Then we'd be less concerned with what he does. Instead of asking him, what are you thinking? We should get in his word, find out who he is, and we'll be less concerned with how he's handling things, what he's doing. Because really what's happening is we're trying to be in control of the situation. So we looked at his character and we said, God is good. All the time. Come on, church. And all the time. But what encompasses all the time is God is good when things are going great and things are going south. That God is good. When my checking account and my savings account look hilarious, God should still be good. Amen? Well, he is still good, but I need to make sure that my perception of him hasn't changed because he hasn't changed. His word says, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. So he's not changing regardless of your circumstances. God is still good. Amen? Then we said, God is just. He is just. Listen, when bad things happen to good people, we've all been there. I ask the question all the time. God, I'm out here trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what you're asking me to do. And man, these folks over here crazy. They lost their mind living in sin. And it seems like everything's working out for them, and I'm over here suffering or struggling. Y'all ever been there? And then, So we looked at that verse, Romans chap, uh, chapter 5, verse 20, said, Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And it hit me. So I got my spank on the hand. Instead of trying to point out everybody else's, I got my own stuff. I need to be thankful that grace has not left my life or lest I might be looking down the same road they are, needing a little bit more grace. How many know you we need a lot more grace? Amen? So where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So he's good and he's just. Let me say this. Just because the devil shows up in your life, just because the enemy shows up in your face, isn't because he snuck in unbeknownst to Father God. Just because the enemy is messing with you, just because you guys are going through crazy stuff at school, just because mom and dad, no, no. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's mom and dad trying to discipline and raise you and train you right because that's what the word of God says we're supposed to do and we'll be held accountable if we don't. 
So just because the enemy is up in your grill doesn't mean that he's there on accident. I've said this before. The devil has a boss. He can't walk in and out of your life without permission. So if he shows up, if you've got the enemy in front of you, he's only there because God allowed him to. Now let me say this for young people and adults. Not everything is the enemy. Some of it's just our own dumb decisions. Some of it's just because of the people we decided to date that God had no intention of us. It's the enemy trying to get us off course. So whatever you're going through might be because of the decision you made. That's for students and adults. You know, I was thinking... I was thinking about parents. Who, we don't have a lot of parks here uh, in Chiefland, but Amy and I were in New York just a couple of weeks ago, and we, we were able to walk through Central Park, and, and we came off the big rock. You know, you've seen it in all the movies, and there was this park down below, and it was, it was the people who lived there. You could tell they weren't tourists. It was people there with their kids and their dog, and they were inside this fenced area, and we were like, this must be, you know, families who are, who are taking their kids to the park. This is really cool. And I start thinking. What would happen, you know, and some of the parents, they were like right on top of the kids, but then there were other parents that you could, they were like holding the dog, sitting on the bench, watching their kid over there, little Johnny. And I thought, what would happen if, you know, bad man came walking up in there and you spotted him as a parent? How would you respond? Now, some of us would be like, come on, we got to go, you know, creating commotion. But then some of us who legally pack, so to speak, might, instead of causing commotion and disturbing the children, might just walk by the dude and be like, you know what I'm saying? That might be your response. And I start thinking, I thought, the parents not freaking out. Why? Because they, they, they've got protection. And I thought, now God, how come you're not freaking out when things are getting crazy in my life and I'm down here freaking out? Well, how come you're not freaking out? And this is what he said. It's easy. Because I've already paid for your protection. I've already paid for your protection. So, so the same way that those parents who know they've got protection, we should feel the same way when all hell's coming against us that there's someone who's already paid for our protection. Now, don't step outside of the blood. Don't step outside of the protection and then try to blame it on the devil because bad stuff's happening because of your dumb self. He just said dumb. I'm talking to me. See, I don't even see y'all. I'm, I'm really, it's like God speaking. I'm looking in the mirror and I went, whoa, did you just say that? He's already paid for our protection. So don't freak out. The enemy's not there unannounced. He's not there without permission. Okay, you got that? Write that down. Say, the devil has a boss. So tomorrow when the, devil, when the devil starts messing with you, what you say is, when you feel him, you know, into the room, you go, oh, good morning. You just clocked in. He's there with, by permission, okay? A lot of times we say, God, man, what, 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 what are you doing? Listen, it's not an accident. Everybody say, not an accident. The attacks on your life have a purpose, and the purpose is to produce glory in your life. This is, this is point number three. We got those other two. God is good. God is just. Here's the, here's the third one. God is righteous. Write that down. God is righteous. That means that all of his decisions about you and about me, they're right. Regardless if you agree with them or not. Don't, don't let me take you to that scripture that says that his ways and his thoughts are higher. Okay? It may not make sense to us, but it's, it's, it, when, when we get saved and I say, God, I surrender all, it's his life. I belong to him. Can you say that about yourself? Sure, you say, I belong to him, but will you let him have all of you? He's righteous. That means all of his decisions are right. He's righteous, and in that righteousness is holiness. And in that holiness is a level of integrity and character that cannot be tainted or, or motivated by ambition or insecurity. What I'm trying to say is God is, God is not, he's not petty. 
God's not up there. A lot of people think when bad stuff starts happening to them, they think, well, God's just paying me back for what I did 10 years ago. <laughs> That's not God. What I believe is if you go through a rough spot and you hit a, hit a wall or tragedy strikes, it's be, people, think, people think it's because of something they did, something they did wrong. Have you ever thought that? I'm going through something. That, that, that's not God. Hear me. God doesn't, God doesn't roll like that. He's not up there thinking, I'm going to give them 10 years, and then I'm, I'm going to let them accumulate all this stuff, then I'm going to go walk, take it away. That's not, that's not how God rolls. He's not up there going, I gave you that money, and I saw you didn't tithe. No, no, he, he's not going to try to, to wipe you out. God doesn't roll that way. I couldn't serve a God like that. He is righteous, and he is good, and he is just. And you're thinking, well, be if God is good and God is just and God is righteous, then why am I going through all this pain? I'm a child of God. This is, this is what we need to know about pain. In order to look at and address pain, we must first identify three areas. And this is, this is where we're going to close shortly. The one is, the first thing we need to identify is, number one, the problem behind the pain, the product behind the pain, and the power behind the pain. The problem behind the pain is we equate pain to punishment. Anybody that's ever been exposed to a belt, a, a wooden ruler, come on now, some of y'all in the 80s or 70s, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'll, I'll take it even back. A, a, a wooden spoon from your mama's kitchen, a fly swatter. Our young people are like, what's a fly swatter? Just be glad you don't have the imprint of one on the side of your face. Or, or a switch. Everybody remember, go get the switch. Baby, I go get the smallest one. You know, it breaks when I come in the house. And then you got to go get another one. You know, we've tried all that stuff. My parents would always hit me with that verse that, that, that says, uh, um, the parent who spares the rod hateth his child. I'm here to tell you guys, my mom and daddy loved me. They love me. And then, and then when you find yourself on your knees beside the bed, y'all remember the spiel. Get down on, some, of these, some of these young people have no idea what this means. Get down on your knees beside the hands on the bed, right? And then you hear that famous word, this is going to hurt me. Did y'all ever be one like, well, then doggone it, get down here, let's change place, and let me just see how this feels. See, I can say that tonight because dad's not here. But uh, I did have that moment. I just don't know. I don't even want to know how that would have went down. But it didn't happen often. Paddlings and spankings didn't happen often. Why? Because I learned from the pain. Because <laughs> I didn't always get, uh, you know, notice that it was coming. Like, you know, I could go home and put like four or five pairs of drawers on. You know what I'm saying? You put some, put some um, uh, uh, sweatpants on over baggy jeans, you know. And then Dad, he figured, he's like, your butt is not that big. <laughs> this is what I want you to write this down. There's something... There's some things that pain teaches you. Remember I told you before, don't try to, don't try to pray away the pain. Don't try to get out of the pain because when you do that, basically you're deferring growth. Growth happens when you go through pain. They call it growing pains. I saw this Instagram post not too long ago that said, the pain will leave once it's finished teaching you. See, pain is like a professor. It's teaching you something. Pain is, is coming so that we'll have relevance in the kingdom. Pain is a tool that God allows to bring substance to you that you couldn't obtain on your own. Pain p 
produces something in you. Yes, it produces uh, uh, his glory, but it also produces the strength that once you understand you're going through one thing and God brings you out of that thing, then when the next moment comes, and it will come, you'll have calm, and then all of a sudden, da-da, here he comes. You hear the Pac-Man coming. You know what I'm saying? But what you remember is, I've seen this fight before, but from the victory. God gave me victory here. He's not going to change his mind about how he sees me and let me fail here. Come on, church. Am I talking to anybody that's ever been through anything? Am I looking at people tonight that are actually going through hurt, pain, agony, despair right now? What I'm trying to tell you is don't try to run from it. Just stand toe-to-toe and say, teach me, God, through this. The moment, the moment that you graduate from pain is the moment that you're released and can effectively help somebody else. See, see when, 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 when we look at marriages that are, that are on the rocks or under the rocks, falling apart, see, Amy and I can come in because our marriage should have been over years ago. We're actually celebrating this Saturday 16 years of laying side by side in the bed every night. Amen. See, I had to get the young people back real quick. But we couldn't always say that it looked beautiful because it didn't. So, so, so the pain that we went through, we can also help someone else. So the pain that you're going through, it's going to produce glory. It's going to produce strength. It's going to produce insight and wisdom to help somebody else. If you'll learn to be taught through the pain. Everybody say through. That means you're not going to have to stay there. The problem with pain, though, is that we think that it's punishment. We, we equate it with punishment. But it's the discomfort that we experience in pain that's a sign of growth and maturity. So why pain? Pain produces a product. Go with me real quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are y'all still with me? I don't want to take this into a part 4. Y'all, are y'all good for just a few more minutes? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, For our light and momentary troubles freeze. I know what you're thinking. B, ain't nothing light about what I'm going through right now. It's heavy. I got it, but check this out. For our light and momentary troubles, everybody say only for a moment, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We're, we're looking, he's looking for, he's not looking, he's not looking for low-calorie Christians. He's looking for heavy Christians. Follow me. He's not looking for, he's looking for some people who's got some weight. And I'm not talking about big physically. I'm talking about, he's looking for some people who've actually been through something. See, when I go to the gym, I know you're thinking, I ain't been in a couple months. It shows, but it's okay. But when I go, I know that I start out with low weight. And then God, God allows me, the strength in me allows me to push something a little heavier. I don't need to be pushing around a little weight all the time. I need, to, I need to be building strength. That's what pain does. That's what storms do. It produces something in you to prepare you for the next one. Somebody say, I don't want a next one. I don't either. But what he's teaching you, at the same time, he's teaching me. Stop praying for God to remove you out of the storm. You're going to come through it. You're going to come through it. The hurt, it's, it's, it's there. I, it, but you're going to come through it. His word promises it. He'll never leave us. He won't forsake us in the middle of the storm. The heavier the weight, the more significant the growth. You may want to write that down. The more heavier the weight, the more significant the growth. The final thing that we need to understand is the power behind the pain. 
the power behind the pain. Everybody say, I got power. I know you don't feel like you got power. Even in the midst of, of, of what we're going through as a church right now, the emotions we're feeling as a city, as other ministries, all of that we're feeling, it, it, doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel good. But there's power in the pain. Anybody saw the movie The Passion of the Christ? Did you, ever, did you watch that movie? Would you know there was actually movie critics that said it was, it was just grotesque violence. It was just... But yet these are the same people that are, that are watching all the X-rated movies and all the R movies with people getting their heads chopped up and they're talking about the Passion. The Passion of the Christ, when it, after it came out, we, I watched it every Easter just to have a reminder because there's no other movie that's ever been produced that is, that is so sound and gives us a, a direct picture of really what the crucifixion looked like. And I remember, I remember that one scene of him getting beaten. And I remember just crying every time I watched it, that part. Thinking, that's enough. That's enough. And I remember asking this question. I remember asking God... Was all of that really necessary? Why couldn't it just be just a little? Was all of that necessary? I encourage you to watch the movie. We might even, we might even rent a big screen and play it in here next Good Friday, next year on Good Friday. And then watch people get saved. <laughs> was it necessary? The beating. Plucking the beard sowing stones and glass into a whip and lashing his back was it necessary the answer that I got was absolutely this is, this is what I believe about God he did not allow Jesus to suffer anything that was not necessary He didn't allow Jesus to go through anything that wasn't necessary. Why was it necessary? For the salvation of humanity. What's that got to do with me? Everything. There is not one thing that you're going through that is not necessary in his eyes. Young people all the way to the oldest in the room there is not one thing that you are going through or have been through or what you will go through that is not necessary God did not waste he did not in, in, in the crucifixion of his son Jesus he did not waste one single ounce of pain everything was necessary for you and for me So if something's happening in your life, it has to happen in order to produce glory. Everybody's standing all over this room. I want you to hear this. Listen, God is not angry at you. I'm trying to, un I'm trying to undo. We're getting ready to go home. Stay with me. God, I'm trying to undo all of the things that you have felt in church, whether you've heard it from a platform or whether you felt the condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation for anybody who walks into a church. There should never be condemnation. Conviction, yes, but not condemnation. So I want to undo for just a minute when you think about the storms and things you went through. Listen, you can close your eyes. I want you to hear these words. God is not angry at you. He has not forgotten you. 
God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. God loves you and he trusts you to walk through this season. Whatever you're going through, he trusts you enough to know that you will still declare, even in the midst of that storm, you will still declare that God is good. He trusts you enough. And when you can trust God in the midst of your pain, you possess a power that no one can take away. Why was the cross so necessary? Listen, after he he said it in Matthew, he said, All power and authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. There is not anything in your life that you are going through that God has not said it's okay. It's almost like it doesn't help anybody, make them feel encouraged. But what what I want you to be encouraged is... Just know that God put it on you and he knows that you can handle it and he's saying that even in the midst of your storm you're going to stand and say God is still good. God is still just and he is righteous and there's not a thing that he allows to happen that is not right. Whatever you're going through whatever season it is God is equipping you and he's giving you power right now. So in your own way, I'm going to pray over you and we're going home. But say this with me. Say, strengthen me, God. In my season, in my storm, even though I don't know what the end holds or how it's going to work out, I trust you. And I believe that you're empowering me in my storm. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you receive that? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask this question. If you were to die tonight, do you know that you would wake up in heaven? It's called old-fashioned altar call. (laughs) If you were to die right now, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would close your eyes on this side and open them up on the other side in heaven with Isaac if you can't say that I want I invite you right now slip your hand up there's no counting to three there's no there's no more pleading or pulling if you say I want to know right now before I leave this place I want to know that I am saved I want to repent for my sins and I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life there's one person got the hand up anybody else This says, I want to know tonight that I am born again. Let's repeat this prayer. Oh God, I come before you tonight confessing my sin, all my mistakes. I confess and I give them to you. And right now, God, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my deliverer. Be my peace. Be my comforter. Be the healer of my broken heart. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I make you my Lord and I make you my Savior. And I'm asking you now, God, to take control of my life. Empower me to make right decisions that are pleasing to you help me to be a lamp and a light for the people around me in Jesus name 
Now, look right up here. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, you are what the Bible says. You are a believer. You are a Christian and beyond a shadow of a doubt because you've been, it's that simple. It's not some, some long, drawn-out thing because you invited Jesus. If you were to die tonight or he used to come back tonight and he can do either one, I'm ready. You would wake up in heaven. I believe that. Come on, do you believe that, church? So the whole purpose of that, that three-part series was for you to understand that pain has a purpose. It's to equip us and empower us for what's next in our journey. Amen? Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you that it doesn't return void. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.